This is a production of Cornell University. Welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings Podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association, found on the web at www.nista.org. I'm Cornell Turfgrass team member Frank Rossi. I'm here to answer some of your questions today. Joining me is Extension Specialist Carl Scamenti. Carl, what's our topic for today? All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit about spring green up on cool season grasses. The first question uh, came from us. My new Kentucky bluegrass sod is very slow to start growing, and another old area of, of bluegrass sod is loaded with leaf spot. What's up with that, and what are the solutions? Well, clear differences in Kentucky bluegrass varieties are visible in the landscape. Um, you can really see it depending on the varieties that they use. The newly sodded area likely has a high-quality Kentucky bluegrass blend, often including large percentages of compact, midnight, and America types. And, of course, those classifications are based on a system that was developed at Rutgers University in the, in the 1990s that classified bluegrasses. Now, these kinds of Kentucky bluegrasses are notoriously slow to green up. And when not blended properly, in my opinion, with particular mid-Atlantic types, and my favorite there is Cabernet, that afford good spring green-up. Cabernet also has very good summer patch resistance, which sometimes is a knock on the mid-Atlantic types. And and, and it can look patchy um, and have poor wear tolerance for spring sports. So, um, you know, blending the compact midnight types with types that give you that spring color is one of the sort of sort of artistries of blending varieties. Now, early spring applications of iron or pigments, now that pigments have become more prominent in their use in turf, can aid in light capture, and that allows the turf to warm. It's nothing more than drawing more heat, more sunlight to the turf. Nitrogen um, would likely help on a new stand where there needed to be some active cop growth to, to get going. Um, but I would keep applications um, on a low rate and mostly soluble nitrogen so you know it wasn't just sitting around that the plant could actually get it. The other situation with leaf spot is an indication of a variety and also growing conditions. If it's an old stand, it's likely planted to a variety that might not be resistant or could be in a mix that has a number of varieties. Two or three of them might be really good one might be very susceptible to leaf spot. And what studies show is that one weak link can bring down the entire quality of that stand. So, so, so understanding, the, again, the artistry of blending, not just putting a variety in there that doesn't have resistance to what we used to call helminthosporium. Leaf spot, now we refer to it as bipolaris. Now, cool spring growing conditions are not favorable for Kentucky bluegrass growth that often performs better when air temperatures average in the low to mid-70s. Again, pigments and iron for some green up, low rates of soluble nitrogen may also help spur growth. When air temperatures were warm, air temperatures are warm soon with adequate moisture, um, the surge of leaf production that we often associate with spring growth will occur. So the last thing a turf stand needs is to be overloaded with nitrogen and then surge top growth at the expense of root growth. Therefore, keep any infertility in line with recovery um, from wear needs. If you have a lot of traffic, make sure you're giving it some nitrogen and other functional benefits. And as we try to move people away from fertilizing simply for color, uh, this is going to be a really important point. All right, we have one more question. I have some bare spots and I have a seed mixture with a high percentage of annual ryegrass. Is it a good idea to put this down? No. <laughs> any any short-term benefit you get 
from filling that patch uh, is going to be a long-term headache, especially uh, as we've had more mild winters. Annual ryegrass uh, actually will persist through the winter fairly well, uh, which makes it even more aggressive in the spring. It'll get clumpy, start to produce flowers. Those flowers produce viable seed, so it's best to mow it regularly and seed more desirable perennial species. So this is where a lot of homeowners uh, in particular, but even professional people, professional landscapers, Carl, will see something that says professional mix or professional landscape contractor mix or quick patch mix. Look at the seed label on the back. If it's a high percentage of annual ryegrass, it's, you're going to be happy for the first two to three weeks, and then it doesn't mow well. If it's if Many times, a lot of these annual ryes are not very heat tolerant, so if they don't die in the winter, they'll die in the summer right when you want them to be successful. So nitrogen nutrition will help the existing turf there start to fill in. Seeding perennial ryegrass if you want quick cover. Annual rye is not going to be much better as quicker an establishment. So nitrogen retition and other turf species to outcompete the uh, weedy annual type. So Frank, if people are looking for more information about species and cultivars suited to their conditions, they can always check out our Cornell Species and Variety Guidelines located on our Cornell Turfgrass website. And thank you for joining us for the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings Podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association with Carl Scamenti. I'm Frank Russ. This has been a production of Cornell University on the web at cornell.edu.